watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, and the catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to shout. Allen looks to his left, fires left side. It's going to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, her, on 96.5 FM. I was uh, briefly in the Mohawk Valley today, got my boy Jimmy, got my hair cut, and uh, had some delicious Utica coffee. Jordan will appreciate, picked up the uh, great pumpkin. So a shout-out to our friends in Utica, Utica, in the Mohawk Valley, where you can listen to us, as noted, on 96.5 FM. You can listen to us wherever you are on the ESPN app. Find us on your smartphone there, smart guy. How's your Tuesday going? Everybody good? Ready to talk some sports? Let's go. So all those things that we mentioned in terms of listening to the program apply. They're great. They're fine. They are, hey, they're great. But you want to upgrade, right? We all want an upgraded life. I'm getting a new phone at some point here, and they don't really do the upgrade thing anymore. Remember, you used to go in and they would upgrade your phone. They don't really do that anymore. You're just <laughs> like, no, you got to buy the new phone. But see, we have an upgrade for you in terms of the experience of this program, and that is AcuseSportsTalk.com, where... You can see the show, you can chat throughout the show, and you get the show within the show. You get the mics staying on during commercial breaks. The viewers at QSportsTalk.com get their own show. Two for the price of one. And we still got this deal going on, kids. If you like to wait until the last minute, well, we're at the last minute. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber in particular, that means that you become a QSportsTalk.com subscriber, and it's free. Subscribing free if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. And in addition to that, all subscribers in the month of September, which we are still in, but will not be by the end of the week, get a QSportsTalk.com t-shirt. So if you haven't done that yet, by golly, come on, a couple of clicks, great t-shirt coming your way, and you get all the benefits of being a subscriber at QSportsTalk.com. Okay. That's how you experience the program. You can call us at 437-7644. Hit me on Twitter, Brent Axe Media, or the aforementioned chat. We have a, a terrific guest joining us. We always enjoy catching up with this gentleman. And while not quite is it basketball season yet in the sense of asking that question because the football team has misstepped, that is not the case. 
because the football team is 3-1, and one, took care of business, three non-conference games heading into ACC play. But it is basketball season because today is the first day of practice. Syracuse got a rather big commitment in the class of 2022, big in a literal sense. So we're going to bring in Mike Waters to discuss both of those things. Five questions. Mike had great piece today on Syracuse.com. So we'll start to get that basketball brain rolling a little bit today. I know we're all kind of in football mode, but as we cross over from September to October here, official practices are underway, and we can start to incorporate some basketball conversation into the mix. We'll talk to Mike at 5 o'clock today about uh, those two things mentioned and a couple other things we'll discuss with Mike. Hot takes on the way. Did you catch the uh, the Manning broadcast last night? Why was Eli Manning apologizing? Card 99, as they call it, on the Manning broadcast last night. Uh, no, Eli, they can't blur that out. Learning lessons about live television while you're on live television. That was fantastic. Another great Manning cast. And, you know, they really made that game last night because it was sort of a dud of a football game. You know, if you're not a Cowboys or Eagles fan and emotionally invested in it and you're just watching that, they certainly made it more interesting and a great moment, just a spectacular moment all around from Eli Manning. The baseball playoff drive here is, uh, you know, on paper, the Red Sox have the easiest path. The Yankees start a series with Toronto. We'll keep our eyes on that. The blind side on the way. If you were watching yesterday on QSportsTalk.com, we got a surprise uh, guest that popped in the studio right after the blind side. So you know, keep keep your eyes peeled. You never know who just pops in our studio here, especially knowing that the QSportsTalk.com, QSportsTalk.com broadcast is up and rolling live and anything could happen. All right. Now, all that on the table, but I want to start with something that's pretty clear. This is not my opinion, by the way. This is a clear path to victory for Syracuse football. This is now a trend. This is something that has been well-established. It's right there in front of them. Whether they can execute this plan or not always remains to be seen. But there is a literal way that Syracuse can beat Florida State on Saturday. And before all you Weisenheimers say it, yes, score more points than the other team. Thank you for that terrific insight. No. See, when you play certain teams and you kind of have to figure it out, and now that Syracuse is in this chameleon-like mode where they're going to adapt the game plan, the starting quarterback, the offensive philosophy based on how that plan fits the opposing team, and not just in the sense that teams do that normally like it feels like if you listen to Dino Babers you read the tea leaves about the quarterback situation and Garrett Schrader is going to start a quarterback this week having earned it last week but by no means in my humble opinion have we seen the last of Tommy DeVito okay that that's all well and good here and all those things have to happen and got to execute your plan and all the football cliches that people like to say but folks there is a literal plan to beat Florida State And that is the early bird gets the worm. That is not just my opinion. I want to read you something here. And we're going to have Andre on the program tomorrow. Andre Fernandez is the Florida State beat reporter for the Tallahassee Democrat. As he writes, Florida State has fallen behind 
in each of its first four games and given up big chunk scoring plays in three of those contests, which has made things increasingly difficult early in games. Last week, Louisville converted eight of its first nine attempts on third down and built a 31-7 lead late in the second quarter, which proved insurmountable despite the Seminoles' resilient comeback effort in the second half, which I want to get to in a moment here. Strike, what is it like, uh, Cobra Kai? Strike hard, strike first, no mercy, sir. Florida State does not start well. That is a trend. That has happened in all four of their games. For whatever reason, they are a much better second-half team than they are a first-half team. Now, something that kind of really intrigues me is how Florida State played in the second half of that game against Louisville. And I understand each week is different, but whether this carries over or not is going to be a major factor in this game on Saturday. I want to read a little bit more from Andre's piece here. FSU's defense allowed Louisville to gain 316 yards in the first half and score on its first five drives of the game. Louisville ran 52 plays by halftime, while Florida State ran only 30. For the second consecutive game, Florida State allowed at least 28 points and over 300 yards of offense in the first half. However, Florida State outgained Louisville 453 to 395 after being outgained 316 to 180 in the first half. Florida State woke up in the second half. Shut down Louisville in the second half of that game. Louisville was up 31 to 7. But Florida State got back into that game, outgained them, closed the gap on the score here. And despite all these things that we're talking about here, I mean, Florida State, bottom line, we played the clip from Mike Norville yesterday, and it's a clip you're going to hear a few times throughout the week, okay? Florida State's off to their worst start since 1974. The fans are unhappy. They have been for quite a bit now. This has not been typical Florida State football. They've gone through a few coaches, and it's been, you know, they are, you think Syracuse fans have been a little edgy as of late. Florida State fans are jumping off bridges because this is just not what Florida State football is supposed to be. It wasn't that long ago, like, they were knocking on Clemson's door to take over the title as the kind of reign supreme team in the ACC Atlantic. To say the least, the standards have not been there for Florida State in recent years. Now, despite that 0-4 start and Mike Norville uh, having to come to his press conference this week and basically defend what he's doing, defend the program, defend his recruiting, this guy's in his second year. Okay, but that's where the patience level lies thin here. There's no building. There's no patience. There's no give it a couple of years. They are very impatient down there. Here it is. Again, if you missed it yesterday. I'm pissed off that we're 0-4. Right, and we can bring up how many years it's been. I don't really give – I mean, that's not – I can't control that. I can control this team at this moment and right now with the opportunity. And so we're going to work our, our butts off to go get better, and we're going to do it the right way, and we're going to have a standard of how we operate. It's going to be the same standard that we're going to ask them to do in the, in the classroom, the same standard of, of everything that we do. I'm going to hold myself to it because i got to be the example. 
And you know what? Does that mean I'm not going to make a mistake? I'll probably make a mistake. Might make one today. Might make one tomorrow. That's, it's gonna, but I will respond to that. And so that's the team I want because I've seen it work. I've been a part of teams that, you know what? They've, they've been on a losing streak. They didn't get caught up with all the crap that was on the outside and everybody telling you what you can't do and, oh, this is the issue and that's it. Yeah, it's easy to point at that. But who wants to be a part of the solution? Those are the guys we're going after. That's what he had to do for 20 minutes yesterday with the local media. And we'll talk to uh, Andre about that on tomorrow's show when he joins us. He was in the room for that press conference. I don't even think Syracuse came up at that press conference. I don't even know what he thinks about this game and this matchup because he spent 20 minutes having to do that because uh, the natives are restless, to say the least, in Tallahassee. But Florida State, even though they're 0-4, they've lost three of those games by one score. They were down 31-7, but lost to Louisville 31-23. So they shut down Louisville in the second half. They outgained Louisville in the second half, and they kind of got their act together in the second half of that game. The problem is Florida State's committed 11 turnovers, and that's with at least one in every game, but it's been outweighed depending on what game you look at it. They continue to... Now, Syracuse didn't have quite this problem against Liberty that they had prior to that. Not just Albany, but the trend in. But Florida State has been committing a high rate of penalties over the last few years. I mean, you go back to 2019, the two most penalized teams in college football were Florida State and Syracuse. They were at a high rate last year, and they continue to be at a high rate of penalties this year. They have surrendered at least 30 points in every game against an FBS opponent, and even when they didn't surrender 30 points to an FCS opponent, they lost to Jacksonville State. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, well, you don't want to break that trend if you're Syracuse. You want to come out firing. You want to come out popping. You want to come out and jump on this team. But the way I look at this Syracuse offense right now is I don't think you can get those chunk plays. I mean, Sean Tucker can give you a chunk play or two. He can break away, get a big gain. We've seen that I hit that second level, get around the edge and rush for, you know, touchdowns of 27 yards last week against Liberty, 73 yards, mind you, against Albany. But Tucker is that next level guy. But the chunk plays that Florida State gives up, for the most part, are passing plays. Garrett Schrader, thus far, has not proven he can make chunk plays through the air. I've seen enough to come to the early conclusion that the passing game is a liability for Syracuse under Garrett Schrader. That can change. Maybe he just hasn't made the connection, hasn't had the reps in practice enough. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of excuses because the open receivers have been there. Can you kick it into gear against a Florida State team that has struggled, that has given up these chunk plays, for whatever reason, cannot come out of the gate strong, but is also kind of a wounded dog in the corner, kind of fighting for its life here. They're desperate. They know the natives are restless. The coach is fired up. The the pride on that team has to be suffering, but they also need to win. And here comes Syracuse feeling pretty good about itself, about beating Liberty. You saw the celebration afterward. You saw the strike back at Liberty for the New York, New York thing. And now you've got to re-harness that energy 
going to Tallahassee, while the fan base there is certainly not as thunderous as it has been in the past, you know, that's not an easy place to play. And I'm thinking if Syracuse is going to walk down the clear path, they got to throw the ball. Now, I could be wrong. This could be, no, we're going to run our ball control here and we're going to do what Garrett Schrader does in the offense. We're going to keep riding Sean Tucker till proven otherwise here. Dink and dunk, use the short passing game. Not that Florida State has a threat at quarterback that Liberty did in Malik Willis. It's a great story with Mackenzie Milton, who broke his leg, remember, and they thought they might have to remove his leg a few years ago, and he had that great comeback against Notre Dame. They didn't win that game, but he was a big part of a comeback that nearly knocked off Notre Dame on opening week, and the fact that he's out there playing college football is a pretty incredible story, but, man, that Syracuse pass rush has got to be like, well, we can get to this guy. So the defense, I expect to do what they do. I mean, Florida State's got speed, and all those things you would expect them to have. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, this couldn't be any more clear. This isn't my opinion. This is the pattern. Florida State does not start well. They give up 30 points in every FBS game. All you got to do is have the team that can come in and do it. Syracuse hasn't been on the road a lot this year. Can they go on the road in this environment, in this situation, and simply execute a clearly laid plan? Do they have the team to do it? They have some elements to do it, but as I said coming out of that game, the Liberty game last week, you're going to have to throw the ball at some point here. This ground-and-pound, physical, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of old-school approach is great. It worked for the Liberty game, but it's not going to work every game. And remember what the kind of broad-stated goal here is. There are eight games left. You need to win three of them. They checked the boxes. They took care of business. They did what they needed to do in non-conference play. So I get Florida State is hurting. Florida State is not Florida State. They are favored in this game. Now that's Vegas trying to tilt the money one way or the other, but Vegas doesn't get these things wrong often. They, they, there's something they see there to put Florida State, not as the standard, like, here's three points because you're at home. Now, they bumped it up. Four and a half, five in some places. So this game has kind of an interesting feel. But there's going to be no secrets here. If you can just execute that plan, you will win the game. I think it is notable how Florida State got its act together in the second half. And Louisville... Three-and-one team, Malik Cunningham, they've got some athletes on offense, and they shut them down in the second half. Syracuse has nowhere near the offensive talent that Louisville does. There's offensive talent in a lot of spots, don't get me wrong. Taj Harris, Sean Tucker, notably, but top to bottom, Louisville's got more offensive talent than Syracuse. They have the same concept in a quarterback that can run, but you know Malik Cunningham's a little faster than Garrett Schrader is. So I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, hmm, can that plan against Liberty work against Florida State? And the answer is maybe. Because the trends that have beaten Florida State so far are pretty clear. They are 0-4, and it feels like the world is falling in on them, but they've lost three games by one score. So it feels like, in a weird way, and Mike Norville was just ranting about it there, you guys can say what you want to say. We are getting better. I see some things that are improving here, and that's easy to laugh off. 
because of what the blinking neon sign above you says, 0-4. But we know better. Things change week by week in football. The ACC is weird. And the last thing Syracuse can feel at this point is overconfident. And I don't think they are. But we still have a situation where, okay, the quarterback this week is spin the wheel, Garrett Schrader. How good are we on offense? We know what our defense can do. They're going to have to keep up that trend of not just creating turnovers, but making big stops, taking the air out of an offense, getting to the quarterback. They're going to do that. But, man, it's sitting right there. The amount of chunk plays that Florida State gives up. Does Syracuse have the offense to do that? That is the question. On that note, we will break. We will return. We'll keep the conversation going. As noted, Mike Waters will join us later because today was the first official day of Syracuse basketball practice. They've had some off-season workouts and some things that they can do, and they're starting to answer those questions. But today's like lock it in, official, here we go. Practice of the season. Syracuse got a big commit today, quite literally, a 6'11 center that committed for the class of 2022. Now three players in the class of 2022, so we'll rehash that who's in that class, why they got this commitment, what kind of player he is, and what that means for Syracuse recruiting going forward. So a lot to do with Mike later in the show, a lot to do with you as we press forward here, but a lot to do in terms of how the market turned out on a Tuesday. Lee Baldwin here to tell us all about that. Lee, you have a plan, right? We were just talking about the plan of victory for Syracuse over Florida State. Give us the plan on how the market uh, went out today and how you're going to deal with it. Well, it's like Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Exactly and right. So the, the stocks did take it on the chin today. They were uh, led down by NASDAQ, but uh, down over 2% in some cases. So it was a pretty uh, ugly day in the market. Uh, but I do have a diamond. RV maker Thor Industries, think Airstream, uh, was up almost 8% today. People can't get enough of those. So that's awesome. Interesting. And what was that? I said interesting, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And uh, the FANG stocks were my dogs. That's Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, all down across the board. So, um, But we did find you, you can try to find a diamond somewhere, Brent. You know, uh, I'm going to interject my uh, amateur uh, overview of this. Uh, there's, there's still hmm, concerns, I'll say, about what's happening in China these days with the uh, is it Everlawn, I believe, is the company, the real estate Evergrande. Ever, yeah, Evergrande. People are taking a Grand. close eye on that, right? Because that could really shift the market big time. Uh, it's We are definitely paying attention to what goes on in China. I think uh, another eye is on higher interest rates, inflation. And you've got, you know, the the everybody in D.C. deciding our fate by Thursday. I don't know if that makes that you too. feel very yes. comfortable either. So, <laughs> a lot of interesting um, things happening for sure. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Lee. We know you'll uh, keep an eye on it for us and uh, keep updating us through the week, my friend. All right, thanks, Brett. There he goes, Lee Baldwin, folks. Go hang in Kaz and Utica. Get all the diamonds and none of the dogs in your portfolio, especially as we were kind of noting there. <laughs> Very turbulent week out there, things happening in China, all these bills that Congress may or may not pass this week. It's going to be interesting, and our friends at Lee Baldwin and Company help steady those choppy waters when it comes to the market for sure. We'll break on that note and return a little more Syracuse football discussion on the other side. The plan is clear. Can Syracuse execute it? That's kind of the theme here. We'll discuss more next. Stay right there.
This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Del Lago Resort and Casino's got your ticket to some of the best entertainment in the region. Boy, if these guys came, I'd, I'd be front row, man. I met you Coming up in October. Uh, look, listen to this. Michael Carbonaro. The Lies Told on Stage Tour, October 8th, followed by the Little River Band, October 9th. The Clairvoyance on October 22nd. How about Stone Temple Pilots? Presented by K-Rock, October 29th. Colt Ford, October 30th. Those tickets will not last long, folks. DelLagoResort.com is where you go to see the lineup. Get your tickets. Go. Come on. Let's go. Like me, maybe your anniversary's coming up next month, and I'm going to take your bride out for a nice show, get some good dinner, maybe maybe a little gambling and a little football that weekend. Head over to the sports book, right? DraftKings Sportsbook. It's right there. Exit 41 off the throughway. Bing, bang, boom. I mean, I drive 45 minutes to get my hair cut, as I did today, other way on the throughway towards the Mohawk Valley. But if I can do that, you can make the short trip to Exit 41. Have a great night. You're all set. DelLagoResort.com. Get up. Do the thing. Go. So we were just uh, talking a little hoops there mixed in with the football, and yet we're kind of heading into that time of the year. And I always like to – I don't think there's a definitive answer to this. I think it, it depends on how these particular things turn out. But there's two really just banging times of the year in sports, right? One is in April when the Masters pops out. Major League Baseball starts. The NBA and the NHL playoffs begin, right? The NFL draft is is in high gear. Like, all four of the major sports are either playing or being discussed at a high level. Around here, lacrosse is kicking, right? There's, it just feels like there's so much going on. Even basketball, though, it's weighing down. There's transfer portal and discussion about next year, and it's just like, it's just a smorgasbord, a smorgasbord of, of sports as Templeton just sits there with his fat belly, satisfied. Those of you that get that reference, shout out to you. Then there's this time of the year. So here we are with baseball winding down. There's a true pennant race in the American League. Not a pennant race because Tampa Bay won the pennant, but a playoff race between the, the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees. How about Seattle, by the way? Hear that? That's Seattle knocking because... They're only one and a half back on the wild card. Must be because Nico is out there in Seattle now, right? So you got four teams chasing down wild card spots. There could be a one game playoff between the Yankees and Red Sox, which would be at Fenway because the Red Sox won the season series. But anything can happen there in the next five days. We just came off the Ryder Cup. Obviously, football, both the NFL and college football. We're getting the college hoops discussion in there. This is when the NBA and hockey start to kick in. We're getting media days. We're getting preseason games on now. So, again, all four sports take the focus. Football is really starting to ramp up. Basketball and hockey getting back in the mix. Baseball in the postseason. And there's kind of other things that pop up, stories and and different things. But which one is better? And it's it's like, you know... (laughs) Do I, do I want vanilla or chocolate ice cream tonight? They're both delicious. They're both satisfying. It just kind of depends on what mood I'm in, right? 
but they're both glorious times of the year to be a sports fan. So to I'm I'm happy that we're mixing in the basketball talk, and it's not because we're already exhausted of football. We're already bailing on football. Like football is still really interesting. And that was one of my fears. Fear is a strong word. Concerns before the season. Because look, I love talking football. I love how passionate the football fans are around here, but we know that there is a certain percentage of the audience that tunes out real quick, not literally, because how dare you? You'd never tune out this show. But you know what I mean. They're going apple picking. They're doing other things. They're just like, yeah, football, whatever. But football has held their interest. By winning that Liberty game, the quarterback thing is the very least keeping us on the edge of our seats here. It's interesting, the change. What kind of team is this? They could go either way in a wide-open ACC they're still relevant because my concern before the season was if they slid down the hill, that it, would, it wouldn't it would be concern. It wouldn't be anything that brings out an emotion. The fear would be indifference. The fear would be they just fall off the radar, and that's why I wanted to bring into context all the other things that are happening this time of the year, not to mention what people are doing. Their kids are playing sports. You know, my daughter plays field hockey and all the fall sports you're doing and school's really ramping up here. It's like you're just back in that rhythm, back in that life. So you got to really prioritize your entertainment time. Syracuse football is still in there, but to hear and read today like, oh, practice is happening for basketball, and that's going to get back in there before you know it. Our wheels are spinning a million miles per hour, and if you're a Yankee fan, they make the postseason. you got to keep tabs on that and just like all this stuff that's happening. I'm happy that football is still very, Syracuse football specifically, is still very much in the intriguing category. You're not angry about them. You're not indifferent about them. You're intrigued by them. Okay, you did what you had to do. And here's this ACC schedule where it's just like, man, anything could happen. It's not inevitable. It's not, okay, well, Clemson's 4-0, and they're going to win the division, and what are we playing for here? It's like, no, this, I'm not saying Syracuse is going to be in the mix for that, but they're interesting. They're intriguing. And they're even more intriguing in the sense that this game plan and the philosophy of this team, they might have to change the mission statement on the door week by week. Garrett Schrader starts this week. That's not a permanent thing. In my opinion, we have not seen the last of Tommy DeVito. If you get to a game plan and you feel like the best plan You need a thrower out there, someone that can sling the football, hit the deep pass, and emphasize what we thought Syracuse was going to emphasize because that's what the sign on the door said. Orange is the new fast passing game, the whole deal. They're going to do that. Right now, the better approach is ball control, quarterback that kind of fills in the gaps and does some things maybe Tommy's not slated to do, can keep the chains moving, and we're waiting to see the passing game from Garrett Schrader. That defense, I think Mike had a a great way to put it about Mike Waters dropping the football knowledge. But he's right, and I like the analogy. Mike's a boxing guy, so he, of course, made that reference. But puncher's chance. That defense is going to keep you in every game you play. But they're going to have a bad day. And Sean Tucker, pardon me, can't keep up. Please prove me wrong. Because I enjoy watching this kid play. And I enjoy the tweets about his performance. And the way he embraces the legacy. And you, Look, whether you're sick of the 44 discussion or not, 
you have to appreciate that he understands what it means. That's not as simple as it sounds. Like, well, you're at Syracuse. Of course you know what the 44 means. Look, I, I've heard a million stories about what my grandfather did back in the day, too. It doesn't mean I appreciate it because I didn't live through it, right? So what I like is that old school mentality that he embraces. He's a humble kid, and he's fun to watch. But they can't do that every game. They're going to have to throw the ball eventually. And that eventually could be, like, Saturday. So i tell you what, it's great for somebody like me that does this job and does a radio show and writes columns and has to look for those intriguing angles and kind of get outside the, the, the X's and O's and just kind of look for the storylines. There's plenty right now. But basketball is like, hey, we're here. We're, we're officially practicing. So if things don't go the way they should, we're right here. We're ready. Here we are. Ready to go. And on that note, we will break. You know who's ready to go? We think. Sometimes Tommy comes in here. You can tell when he forgot to do the blindside questions. We'll see what kind of day it is today because he will come in and deliver those next. Ready or not, here he comes. Stay right there.